seven and nine. <laughs> or eight and eight. Or nine and seven. <laughs> That's right, you ain't. <laughs> no, he is not. We are guys in short sports Los Angeles. Well, it was a rough week for us L.A. sports fans. The Lakers are on a seven-game losing streak. The Rams saw their fourth straight loss. The Kings dropped two or three. And even the Clippers, who have been our sole bright spot, have lost five of seven. On the bright side, the Rams finally made an attempt to right the ship and fired Jeff Fisher. Oh, there he is. Oh, wow. Dude, good guy. Dude. Over here. Eric, Are you... blow your boo-boos out. Come on. Wow. I'm going to go streaking. Let's all go streaking. Let's go. I've never seen him like this. I haven't yeah. seen him either. Yeah. He wasn't wow. this happy when they announced the Rams. Get me off of this. Get me off his hay couch. You're all alone, D-Way. No, no, I love it. Oh, well, let's get right to it. Victor Costello. Ding dong, Fisher's dead. <laughs> oh, I love it. Darren Besa. Jordan Heckin. Heck, me, heck yeah, man. Whatever the hell he <laughs> Jordan Heckman. That guy. That Jared guy. Cottonhead and Indy Muggins. <laughs> ben Garcia. Whoopty whoop. And Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Whoopty whoop. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, you know. I'm seeing double. I'm, I'm testing it out. Yes. Love it. I am Jeff Wilson. We are Guys in Shorts. Thank you for joining us. We got a lot to talk about. But before we do, want to plug our new store. You want some Guys in Shorts merchandise? Merch. It's open. Yeah. Yeah. We got your swag. No shorts yet. No shorts, unfortunately. <laughs> we didn't think that one through. None of those online shops offer shorts, and I did check. But, <laughs> but we got everything else, though. Yeah, yeah. the color, every, all your team colors are pretty sweet. And, yeah, all kinds of cool shirts. I may have replaced my wardrobe today, actually. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely check that out. You can find it on on our Twitter and Facebook page and, and through the website. All that good stuff. All right. Where should we start? How about Lakers? All right. Should we start there? Let's do it. Sounds good they to me. They are, they haven't been so great as of late. Seven game losing streak, including losses to the Kings and Suns, which we should have, should have won those games, I feel like. Vic, what the dickens is going on? Ah, just injuries. Plus they're a young team. I love that. I mean, we, there's, they're not making the playoffs. Let's just put that out there so right now. So dismissive. Yeah. Wait, so, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm an this, LA sports fan. I want my teams in the playoffs the, every the, season. The important thing about this year. Fire Walton. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't go there. Isn't that what we do? <laughs> wow, man. Just I do kidding. not back that. Just, that, is not, that is not the view of the rest of us on this podcast, just in case you're listening, Luke. Um, but like like uh, D1 had mentioned earlier, you know, this is about getting the guys used to each other. This is about learning the system. This year is going to be about getting them ready for the future. And um, lots of injuries uh, are, are kind of getting in that way. Uh, but uh, D'Angelo Russell just came back. I think he's back the last two games, but he really hasn't played that many minutes. Yeah, he's been a minute yeah, restriction. Careful. Right. Yeah, they're careful. With Same minutes. thing with Nick Young. So you know, whatever. It's all it's all good. But did you guys uh, did you guys see the game last night? Did anybody see Luke Walton get? I like, saw him get tossed. Yeah, he got tossed. Yeah. Yeah. That I was, was crazy. Up. I've never seen him get so fired up. I mean, he was cussing and yelling. Guys are holding him back. He took off his jacket like he was ready to get in the UFC ring. Wow. It was it was pretty intense. Um, and then after the game, he he actually came out and you know he said that he you know he's he's there to back up his guys because there are there is some talk that the refs this year are not being kind to the Lakers. But I think that I, I feel like that happens every year with Laker fans. I like think, it, and it, I think it, every team's fan base feels like. 
their team is not getting the calls. Right, right. But, but I think what Luke Walton did is uh, I've actually had a, a few coaches who have, have told me this. They kind of fly off the handle, start kicking ice chests and throwing stuff. And the, the idea behind it is to get the attention on them so they could take the attention off their players so the referee can maybe cut the players a little bit of slack later on. So because this was so uncharacteristic of Luke Walton, I feel like it may have been calculated almost. Like yeah, maybe this was his like way it. of – let me try going off on a referee once and see what happens, see how my team reacts. So so maybe it was something like that because it did seem that's not the Luke Walton that A little out seen. of character. No, yeah. not at all. No, it was way out of character for actually for Luke. Um, and I actually, that was one of the questions I was going to bring up was uh, the only thing, the only thing that I have is that it happened four minutes into the game. And that's the only thing that kind of throws me off. Yeah. Is that it happened so early, and as a coach, you want to be there. And like, if it happened in the third or fourth quarter, then I might buy into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That it was, um, you know, something that he was trying to set up for. They ended up losing the game, so it didn't work. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to be gone for the majority of the game kind of throws me off. But yeah, it was uh, it was something to see. I mean, Luke. He looked pissed. Yeah, it was fun. And it was definitely right, yeah. fun. And he took the right stance after the game, like you said, oh, saying totally. that he had his players back. And and it was a pretty nice molestation that uh, Kirk Cousins really had was. there. But you know, <laughs> especially given the history of with the last right, time exactly. the Lakers played. Uh, yeah. And, the and speaking of history, sometimes things happen in previous games, and then it, it, from game to game, the referees will change. But there may have been a game or two earlier in the season where that particular refereeing squad was was refing a, a Lakers game and the Lakers maybe felt that they got the raw end of the deal on a lot of calls. So maybe that overreaction wasn't due to it being five minutes into that game. Maybe it had to do oh, more totally. with the fact that maybe it was a game, uh, you know, five games ago or, or two weeks ago or right. three weeks ago, something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, yeah, I totally think you're right. You no, know, I, I think it's a good quality for a mm-hmm. coach to get Pissed off every now and then. Oh, it's yeah. kind of something yeah. that as a fan, you know, I want to see. I didn't see that with Fisher. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, when is this? Ah, yeah. wait, ah, when is the train? We're coming full circle. Are we talking Fisher now? I say, as, as someone who loves, we are. As, oh. as someone who loves to tie the bow, the Portugal won the Euro. I knew, yes. I knew that the train was coming yes. right back around yes. the station to Jeff Fisher. Yes. Go yes. on. But you know, I, I don't see it very rarely coming even from Socha. And I love these coaches who have this... This mentality of, you know what, I'm going to get pissed off. And the team, the fans, they need to see that every now and then. Well, so I, I played on several teams in, in my past did high you? school and in college. Really? Never heard of it. <laughs> which which, never, di- which division? Ever heard of yeah. Which division yeah. did you play in? Yeah, what division? <laughs> oh. But I've had both both styles of coaches. I've got the coaches that yelled at referees, and I've also had the coaches that were a lot more like a Phil Jackson type that were real quiet, and they just they led, led by example rather than by out outwardly yelling at referees and stuff. And what you find is that your teams will take on the persona of the head coach. And if the coach is constantly yelling and constantly trying to get the referee's attention by saying, you didn't get that call, you didn't get that call, then as players, you start to do the same thing. And you lose control of the team. And so I think that it's great to see every once in a while. And I've I've seen Sosha do it. I used to see Tommy Lasorda do it. it. I think Sosha got it from Lasorda. Yes, and, and Lasorda used to do it if he used to pick and choose his moments, and he'd right. go out there and he'd use the f word, and it was he'd throw dirt. It was <laughs> yeah. the best to watch. But so I liked that that Walton did it because as as a as a member of the team, you look at it and you say, I, "I'm glad that my head coach has my back." But right. at the yeah. same time, 
he keeps control of himself the majority of the time so that the team can say, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to take on the persona of our coach and we got to play cool, calm and collected. So yeah. I think there's a fine line. And so as long as he doesn't do it a lot, I'm totally fine with him getting thrown out five minutes into a game. Yeah. And, and I, there is a fine line. But again, three minutes into the game, yeah. it's a little early. <laughs> <laughs> it was quick. And I think Ben brings up an excellent point with using it sparingly because just to segue into the Clippers, that's exactly what Doc Rivers does. He's yeah. constantly complaining at the oh. refs. All the time. And the Clippers are one of the most hated teams in the NBA because they're constantly complaining at the refs. And they've they've taken on that trait because of Doc Rivers. So because Doc Rivers is complaining, Chris Paul is complaining, Blake Griffin is complaining. So the Clippers are known as floppers and whiners, and, and, and they probably don't get calls that maybe they should because of that trait. So I do agree that using it sparingly yeah. is, is the right way to go. Totally. Fair enough. And nice segue into the Clippers. You know, we While did. we're there, may as well keep it going. So Clippers... They have lost five or five out of the last seven. They're in second place, 18 and seven, three and a half games behind Golden State. Yeah, so they're two and one this week. They actually lost to the Warriors and then they beat the they beat the crap out of the Pelicans and then they won yesterday against the Trailblazers and beat them by a point. Yeah, I thought the uh, Warriors were soft. Yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, just making sure. I just want to get that in there uh, they're getting uh, on hot. tape again. Yeah, they're getting too hot. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, this is scary. Has um, anybody been watching the Clippers? Uh, no. Not as much as I, you know, as I should be. I watched Clippers um, Warriors. I, I was intrigued, yeah, but, but yeah. the Warriors just never let the Clippers into the game. Yeah, it wasn't as exciting to watch as I hoped. As hoped, be. yeah. Um, but the game last night against the uh, Blazers was actually very contentious. There was uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan and um, what's his name, Evan Turner, got ejected, oh, well. and then uh, Chris Paul, Terry Stotts, and Mason Plumlee were assessed technical fouls. Blake Griffin was bloodied. I mean, Ooh. it was uh, it was a, it was a war out there. Ow. They ended up winning by one, um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, those teams do not like each other at all. And that goes and back this, to the playoffs, right, from exactly. Last season, That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, so it was it was fun to watch. Though sounds, it was cool. Sounds like uh, classic Ben Garcia basketball there. Well, when was the last not liking each other? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you need rivalries. You uh, you need rivalries for yeah. it to be a good league. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. And that's that's why playoff matches play because that's when the games count yep and that's where those rivalries stem from because naturally the clippers and and portland this isn't a natural rivalry but then when you have start to build that history that builds up it's like la sacramento i mean yes there's always a North, northern california southern california battle but it wasn't until the playoff history well right that and the, the kings really been, started to and the kings were so irrelevant yeah. for like 30 right. years that it wasn't even considered a rivalry because the Lakers won the majority of the of the games, but those like three or four years when the Kings were good, uh, it became the rivalry yeah, because you know fun. the cowbell, the hating Phil yeah. Jackson, the the fight between Doug Christie and, and, uh, and Rick Fox. And, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> and I know this is the Clippers segment, but I'm going to bring up the Lakers again. The Clipper segment goes back to the Lakers. The Clipper fans are just throwing stuff. They really are. We've come full circle, guys. Yeah. So, anyways, circle of life, and that's what makes the uh, Laker Boston Celtics rivalry crazy. Because most rivalries are teams within your division, or at least Mm -hmm. you know, in in your side of the fence. And the Lakers Clippers or Lakers uh, uh, Celtics, they don't meet each other in the playoffs until the finals. You yeah. know, and I've always told people I've always wanted the, the uh, Celtics to be just good enough to make the finals so the Lakers can beat them. Oh. That's like that's there's, like that's such no a better. Christmas present Nothing right better. there. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is the best. All right, let's go back to the Clippers Warriors game. Now, does that say anything about how good the Warriors actually are, or that the Clippers 
We found holes in them. I think that the Warriors they had a they didn't they weren't they're not going to start like they started last season and go on this amazing run. And so when they didn't do that there was a little bit of are the Warriors going to be good this year? But they've definitely figured it out. I mean, Clay Thompson scoring 60 points in a game and getting hot and he's not even one of their 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 best options. So, I think the Warriors are figuring it out and they're the most dangerous team and I think again you have to say that they're the favorites unless something happens. But every season player gets injured, Steph rolls an ankle, Draymond gets ejected. These little tiny things that happen in the postseason and it could break the Clippers' way. So I don't think that the Clippers need to worry because I don't know that they can change anything that's going to make them better to better suited to beat the Warriors than they already are. But you never know with injuries and the way things pan out that come uh, May or, or whenever that playoff matchup would be, maybe something could roll their way where they can can win the title or or beat the Warriors. Do you when, think do you think Golden State will come out of the West? Yeah, I think right now if they if they don't get injured and they don't have anything else happen, there's no question. They there's just no one who could score more points than they can. Right. So, you know, I know they're soft and I know that it, defense is not a thing, but if you're scoring 135 points, there's not a team that's going to score 120 points in four games against the the Warriors. It's just not going to happen. Do the Clippers figure them out next time no. they face each other? No. <laughs> I, I, Something I, has to happen. There has to be like a a catastrophic event. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's the case. I, to be honest with you, I think that Doc Rivers knows that he's going to see him in the playoffs, so he's not going to show his full hand. Okay, holding back. I, I think Ooh. I think that I think that Golden State they are who they are, and they've got seven good players, and everyone else you know doesn't get any playing time. So they're they're re- they're running that seven or eight man rotation, whatever they they've got going, and that's what they're going to do all season, and they're going to win all season. But Doc Rivers is a, is a good coach. He's got crafty veterans. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to be a completely different game. And everyone's going to go, well, how come it was three to one regular season uh, series? Well, it's a totally different, a different game. game. Regular season playoffs You're is right. different. Right. But then you also have to go into the fact that the Clippers don't – do they have a mental block in the playoffs? Because every this isn't a different team. This is the same team. And every year in the playoffs, they 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 can't seem to get over that hump. And is that what's going to stop them from from uh, you know advancing? And and we won't know until the until the playoffs come. But I mean, that's that's a total possibility where it's like, oh shit, here comes the playoffs. How do we get over this hump? I don't know. This, this guy was next to me last year, and we didn't do it, so I don't you know. know. The same you know hump I mean? that Sacramento Kings never got over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one last dig. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Bring it back to the Lakers and a dig on Sacramento. <laughs> Perfect. Three Perfect. points for the yeah. D1. Yeah. And better on the basketball talk. Let's move on. Oh, Darren, I know you are chomping at the bit to talk <laughs> some Rams. <laughs> Can you feel the excitement? Oh, so the Rams <laughs> lose to Atlanta over the weekend. That was their fourth straight loss. Uh, their third place with a four and nine, massively unimpressive season. Do you guys remember when you were three and one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, I remember yeah. it very well. It, it felt so <laughs> good. high. <laughs> And our rankings uh, are at what 27, 28. ESPN had a thirtieth. Thirtieth. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! That sounds more. How accurate. do we go there? Yeah. Yeah. With Jeff Fisher driving the bus, that's how you go there. Exactly. I I think firing Jeff Fisher instantly boosted us up in the power rankings. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least <laughs> two or three spots. Who do you guys play this week? We play, we play Seattle, Seattle on Seattle. Thursday. You know night. what? I predict, I predict you're going to win. 
Oh my god. Well, you know the funny thing is, that was the one thing Fisher was actually good at was beating, beating Seattle. Beating Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and we fire him right before the Seattle game. Yeah. But you know what? We we play him on Thursday. Here he is. Jeff Fisher gets fired on Monday. I mean, what's gonna change? There's not much as far as for the game plan that's gonna change between you know what Monday you'll see, though, to the, Thursday. Here's what we I think. hope if 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 Jeff Fisher lost the locker room, what you're gonna see is an inspired bunch playing on Thursday. Well, and they want to win without him. And, think and to prove that they can win without him. Yeah. So it, so to me, the effort that you're going to see on Thursday will tell you how the locker room felt about Jeff Fisher. If they look lethargic, they look sad, and they look lost, then I think that they lost their leader. If they come out energized and, and happy and playing well, you're going to go, you know what, there was something going on in the locker room. Two yeah. things to go out to piggyback on that. Uh, the reports coming out so far are that the players are sad. Yeah. And that, you know, this is, this was our guy, you know, why, you know, but they're like all, you know, all sad about Jeff Fisher leaving. But the reason, this is point number two, I think the reason is because there was another report came out that someone inside the Rams organization said that uh, Jeff Fisher, and this goes back to him not yelling and screaming and stuff, mm-hmm. actually... The uh, the locker room was like Club Med. Yeah, the entire or, he, he ran the Rams like it was a Club Med. No wonder the players loved <laughs> yeah. him because they, they didn't have to do, do shit. They, they didn't have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think I think we're more likely to see the the sad guys instead of trying to yeah but instead of one, trying to prove it. I think the one variable is that this game is on a Thursday night. Yeah. So even if they wanted to be fired up, it's a short week. That's true. And they're going traveling away to Seattle, which is a difficult place to play. So. I don't know if even if they were going to be fired up that we would see it. But think about the comments that Todd Gurley made running a middle school offense out there. And he he stood by his comments. He didn't retract his statement. So that tells me that he wanted different results. And I think if he's a leader in that locker room, then maybe it's time uh, that Fisher had to go. Do you think the choice of John Fossil as his interim replacement, a special teams coach over like a offensive coach or, or... or defensive, like, do you think that's saying something to the team? Because he's a rah-rah guy. Yeah. Well, he is a rah-rah guy, but you, you got to think about normal coaches who get fired midway through the season. Who normally takes over that role? It's an, an offensive offen- coordinator. An offensive or, yeah. coordinator. And after that, maybe a defensive coordinator. Here's right. our special teams coordinator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this kind of kind of tells us that you know what? there might be right. other heads that are on the chopping block. I, I don't read so much into weeks. it. I don't read so much into it, and and I'll tell you why. Because when you're in a locker room, you're going to gravitate to certain personalities. And, it, and I would, you speak from experience, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Did you play some sports? <laughs> this is Mr. D1. You played some sports, right? You know, none of you guys played sports, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the way it is in locker rooms. And, and there's certain people that, that people will gravitate to and there's others that aren't. Now, what you're going to find is that generally the person that gra- people gravitate to the most are the head coach because they're able to motivate all different walks and lives of people. When you get out of that head coach, you don't necessarily have to be an offensive or defensive coordinator. What you need to do is you need to own the room. If you can own the room and you can motivate, then you can be a head coach. What you do as a head coach is you make sure that you put people in place that can run an offense and that can run a defense. Now, in your case, I don't think you've got that. But you need somebody to make that team cohesive. And so what you're going to find is that your special teams has been the best team that you guys have of of all of the different teams. So what what I'm guessing 
is that he's probably the one that owns the room the most. And the that's, most that's what yeah. they saw. And right. they said, yeah. you know what? We want to trust the rest of this season with somebody that we know can motivate these guys. And that's probably why that selection was made. I mean, honestly, I think he's a, he's a good pick for them to go ahead, for him to go ahead and lead this uh, team for the next three games. So he has the energy. Uh, the team members do love him. So you know what? Comes from a football family. So that's, exactly. I think that's sure. important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You can always call dad. Yep, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Consultant. Uh, I think anybody would have been a good fit for this team. Let me let me give you some stats, right? All right. So, uh, offensive ranks this season, the LA Rams. 32. Points scored, 180. Last 32. place. Last place, yep. First downs per game. 32. 15.8. Last place. <laughs> Yards Ouch. per game, 284. Last place. How you many, are killing how many, Darren's buzz. How many Yards, offensive touchdowns? <laughs> Yards per play, 4.7, last place. Third down conver- conversions, 32% last, last place, place, right? That's not even what's going to blow your mind. You want what's going to blow your mind? If Bill Belichick uh, would go 0-16 for six straight years, 0-16 wow. <laughs> for six straight years, he would still have a higher winning percentage than Jeff Fisher. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. That's and it took him that that's long to get step, rid of yeah. him. See, the, fi- the firing of Jeff Fisher is not a result of this Atlanta game. This is years and years and years in the making. Yeah, no, but my this, question... This, this actually had all everything to do with the fact that he challenged management in the press and they didn't like it. Didn't I like think him, if yeah. he had kept his mouth shut, he would have finished the season. I think, has Jeff Fisher caused so much damage that the fan base is starting to go? I don't know if you guys saw pictures. Oh, on Twitter was going nuts, nuts dude. That's a lot of it. Well, hold on. Twitter got, was going nuts. You got idiots that are willing to buy season seats next season. So no, <laughs> yeah, but, the answer's no. Yeah, but Rainbows then, and butterflies over there is going to buy. Not, you think but, that's the only way you can support your team is with is, your money. And that's, that's like the smallest way you can support but your team which, is buying a ticket. But the vocal people were booing yeah. loudly for Jeff Fisher yeah. at the game. And honestly, I, I was one of those guys booing. Yeah. And you know what? Before the game, I busted out my phone, kind of got my Twitter fingers ready to go. <laughs> and what happened? I did, didn't even have a chance to look on the field. I've got and a it's funny already story about that too. 10 seconds in yeah, the game. That was ugly. And it's 7-0 Atlanta. Just a, a funny story about the game on, on Sunday. So uh, kickoff was around 1.15. That's usually nap time at Casa de Hammer. So the, the kids were starting to go down. My funny was, enough, that was the same time that the Atlanta uh, Falcons <laughs> yeah. scored. Well, same time. Listen, it's yeah. uh, nap time for the Rams. Yeah. I'm getting there. So so my, my son was already asleep. My daughter's saying, okay, I'm tired. Can I go take a nap? So I'm thinking, they're about to kick off, but she's tired. Let me just go take her to go take a nap. I go take her, tuck her in. I come back, and I'm watching slow-mo highlights of – uh, Atlanta Falcons touchdown, yeah. and they were k- just kicking off <laughs> yes. to the Rams. Yes. I, I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Ten and, and, seconds and, off the game clock. I literally took my daughter down the hall, put her in bed, came yeah. back, and it was seven zero already. Yeah. And I, I was I was excited. They were going to take a nap. I'm going to watch the game. I turned. I went and did chores for the yeah. rest of the day. I didn't even want to watch the rest yeah. of the game after that. So that's why I'm saying the damage might be so far gone that you've lost you've lost a lot of people. Yeah, but to be fair, dangerous. in your 18 room mansion, I mean, it takes like what <laughs> 10 minutes. Well, uh, the, <laughs> Butler, the butler was on break, so I did have to do it myself. You're right. Uh, all right. Well, we got actually more talk because in sticking with the firing coaches theme, and we also had a new coach hired yeah, in keeping, Los Angeles. There's coaches, coach news everywhere. Yeah. So we're going to stick with the hiring and firing theme. When we come back, we got a few questions to ask. Plus, we got uh, Galaxy Update, and of course, we'll let Ben talk Raiders. Yep. Right after this. 
to build a championship team, today's general managers analyze their players using data and metrics. What if that same information were available to help you maximize the success of your business? Enter Snowfly. Snowfly works with both large and small businesses to identify and collect data relevant to their specific goals. Snowfly's innovative analysis and reporting tools define critical behavior metrics in employees and can drastically improve your hiring and overall productivity. Go to snowfly.com or call 877-SNOWFLY. That's 877-SNOWFLY. Call today. Not fucking going seven and nine, or eight and eight, or nine and seven. No, four and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great to hear. <laughs> if you told He's him, if you told him at that time that he made that comment, you are correct. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, going you're not going to go seven and yeah. nine, eight or eight or nine and seven. You wish you would. Yeah. <laughs> you think you would have been happy with that? Oh boy, we are back and we're talking Fisher being fired. Thank goodness. Oh, oh. that means we have a vacancy in the head coach position for our Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. There's some rumors floating around for the replacement. Obviously, this is a high-profile pro- job because we're L.A. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to come here? All the big names are throwing around, being thrown around. Obviously, let's talk about the rumors. Well, who actually who wouldn't want to come here? I mean, everyone, everyone. <laughs> According to Ben, yeah, everyone. Darren, would you take the job? Uh, <laughs> ruin the Rams for him for three games, yeah. That job's already pressure taken. because yeah. you know what? I, I would tell the rest of my coaches, you know what? Just open the playbook and just let it fly. Here is the keys to the Maserati. You're on the Autobahn and just step on the gas and go. And that's how I would treat them <laughs> the next three that was games. Beautiful. That was absolutely in order, beautiful. And I realize which players you have, that's and it. you say, "Oh, crap. In, in order for you want to want to take that job, you have to be." In alignment with the GM, and that hasn't changed. Not yet. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Well, why not just fire him now? If they yeah, were going to do I'm it, I'm actually on board yeah. with if that. If they as were well. going to yeah. do that, I'm on board with that. Why as well. didn't they just do it in the same day and say, know. you know what, we're we're going to start from scratch? And they didn't. So that tells me that they're going to go into next season with him as your GM. But I think with this late in the season, I almost wouldn't have been surprised if they kept Fisher, because you know yeah, what difference, do what difference yeah. is three games really going to make? So maybe firing the GM isn't going to make a difference right now either. So maybe at the end of the season, maybe we'll see heads roll. We'll see. But I th- I think you may be right. I don't see that happening. I think they th- that Jeff Fisher's issues may have been with the, the GM as well. So they may th- have thought they made their decision. Jeff Fisher was the problem, not the GM. There, so maybe this, this we'll, happened we'll in San see Francisco. how this goes. This happened in San Francisco a couple years ago with Trent Baalke. He couldn't get along with a guy named Jim Harbaugh, yep. who just happened to take them to the NFC Championship and get them a few plays within a Super Bowl. A guy the Rams would be very happy to have. And, and yeah. as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as they fired him and they hired, I don't know, Joe McDonald or whatever. I think they, they hired. Uh, yeah, I don't know the guy's <laughs> I name. I think his name was Ron Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, he had that look. But, but the fact is, is that when you have an unsuccessful GM take the reins over when you fire a head coach, if that guy doesn't know what he's doing, that team isn't going to do any better. And Right now, your GM hasn't proved to anybody that he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So assuming Les Sneed is out of the question. I always the... want to call him Sam Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> so if Sam Sneed is out of the question, <laughs> and you just said Jim Harbaugh, is he a good candidate for this Rams? He's a Absolutely rumor. not. No. He hasn't beat Ohio State yet. He hasn't won a national championship, <laughs> and he's not leaving until he does it. I think he's what? a good candidate. There's just no way he's coming. He went to Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's only been there two years. Yep. Being a guy who coached college uh, for a long time, he knows that when you go to recruit players, uh, your word is that you're going to be there for an extended amount of time 
for the four years that those uh, students are at your school. So to leave after two years would really be a, doing a disservice to those students. And, and I think he likes what he's doing. And yeah, I think yeah. the control ben, that he has at Michigan is a good thing. As a Division One athlete, can you confirm that? Yes, I okay. totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and to piggyback on, on your point, I think that he— you and your, Here we go. You guys and your piggybacking. We're gonna. We're just gonna do piggyback on top of each other the <laughs> yeah. whole episode next week. <laughs> I was gonna say Vic piggybacked earlier. I did. I did. Out. I did. I did. But he wants total control, and in college he has all of the boosters. Mm-hmm. He's got all of the administration behind him to do whatever he wants to do. He's on Twitter. He's and he's especially recruit, him. He's spending the night especially at, at recruits' houses. Like that's he's, what he's he does. Yeah. into SEC if, territory. If he yeah. goes into the Rams, now he has to an answer to a GM that he may not agree with. He's got to answer he probably won't agree to with. an owner who's going to want to get a guy because it's going to sell seats and it doesn't fall within his regimen or his program. And he's going to got guys that that are making twenty million dollars a season that don't want to listen to him. So no, I think that Jim Harbaugh is completely happy where he's at. Get off that soapbox. He's not coming to the Rams. Mm. There is something about being wooed by the team, though. I mean, maybe he's going to hear reports, but there's also John Gruden said oh, that he'd listen to... <laughs> he said he'd... Or reports are that he'd listen to he would, what he the Rams had to say. He would entertain management to see if he would come over. And He has to do that to stay relevant. He makes 10 or $15 million a season It's going to be ESPN, a big contract, yeah. And he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what he does at ESPN, he interviews the five top college quarterbacks for one episode, and then he does Monday Night Football where he can go to... He doesn't even have to study for it. The guy knows football inside and <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. And he gets paid very handsomely for it. So why would he then go to become a head coach somewhere where he has to dedicate 100 hours a week to, to turning a 4-12 and 12 team around into a competitor? To piggyback on what Ben oh, said. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because he's so good... I think his job security is intact. So he may be thinking, it's been a while since I was a coach in the league. I want to take on this challenge. So maybe a personal choice, because you're right. uh, When you think about it logically, why would I leave this cush job to go do something that's going to require hundreds of hours? But when you think about a personality like that, that's exactly the type of person who'd want to do that. They want to go and prove that they still have the skills, still have the knowledge. And if it doesn't work out, he's still that same guy. And ESPN is going to be waiting for him right there. If it doesn't work out with the Rams and he'll still have, you know, the ability to do that afterward. And John Gruden, he is that guy. He did fall in love with uh, Jared Goff uh, during uh, the Combine. So he was doing Wildcat 47. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the problem, though, with bringing anybody a big name here, at least I think so, is that that offensive line is horrible. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's not much you can do. Oh, yeah, it really is. There's not much. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good night. Uh, I'm not going to top that. Uh, yeah. well done, That's it for the evening, ever. ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not much you can do with that. I mean, I was watching the Pittsburgh, you know, uh, the. I was watching Pittsburgh play, right? And Roethlisberger... He could probably be still in the pocket right now, waiting to throw a ball. Like oh, yeah. nobody yeah. gets near him. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Bell, who killed me this week in fantasy football. <laughs> he literally dances behind the line of scrimmage. Levon, yeah, he... <laughs> <laughs> Le'Veon. I know. Le'Veon. <laughs> he literally da- he's he's like a little rabbit behind because he he's literally just going left, right, left, right until a hole opens up. Because he can, he has time to do that. How many times has uh, uh, um, uh, Carlos Junior? I'm now I'm drawing a blank. What's <laughs> his name? Really, Thank yeah. you. Well, I like calling him Carlos Junior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until he gets How many a times have you been watching the game and, and he out. gets hit immediately after grabbing the ball? He has yeah. the ball in his hands yeah. for a, a fraction of a second. How many plays has he played? 
that many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that offensive line is horrible. They're not protecting the quarterback. They're not protecting, they're not making holes for Todd Gurley to run through. And, and to bring a coach into that situation where you have no more uh, future with picks trying to get that offensive line up, I think that's their biggest hurdle with bringing a coach over. You know who I see coming to you guys next season? Rex Ryan. Because he's going to get fired from the Buffalo Bills job. That's another defensive and, guy, though. And I yeah. think that I think he's, but he's great in interviews. I mean, goddamn personality. He's good in interviews. Well, no, he does great. Think about it on TV. You love watching him, so he knows what to say. He knows how to get fan he bases does. excited. He, he really, knows, yeah. like he goes over to Buffalo and he's like, he's like, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make a Super Bowl. We've got the players. We've got this. We're going to run the ball. We're going to we're going to be stu- you know hard nosed defensive team. And, and those guys go, absolutely, that's what we want. And he did it with the Jets. He's done it now with the Buffalo Bills. The same routine doesn't get anywhere. I'm telling you, he, he's, he, he's going to get fired. He's going to be looking for a job, and he's going to be about the highest well, level person you guys are going to get. I'll tell you what. We'll take Rex Ryan okay. for the next two years All right. comes with until his brother, we though. move into the new stadium. When Pete Carroll's contract is up with Seattle, <laughs> Not and then happen. we get Pete Carroll. That's another rumor flying around, which Pete, obviously if, if is Pete Carroll Pete next rumor, to yeah. impossible. If Pete yeah. Carroll becomes the Rams coach, the Rams will become my NFC team. Wow. wow. Let's do it. Bold statement. Wow. That's, on, that's on record. Not going to happen. Wow. But they will become my NFC. Right now, the Cowboys we'll are my the NFC petition. team. Yeah. Eric, make a call. That, that's, that, let's, let's play fantasy right now, All just right. because... Pete Carroll obviously is, is not a massive. Not long, I mean, going if there's to come odds the going in Vegas, that's like five hundred to one that Pete Carroll would actually come. I would take to the those Rams. odds, but you know what? I would totally put LA money on that. Would yeah. gobble that up? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. He's loved. He's loved As a USC fan, as a USC fan, to see Pete Carroll back where he belongs in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, I, I, you know what? I wouldn't get season seats, but I would absolutely go to a couple of games with you. Yeah. I, I think it's a possibility. I mean, he came and in. And brave the traffic and everything, Ben? Well, you would drive. <laughs> we would end up driving, though. I would I would ride shotgun with a glass of whiskey or a couple of beers. That's just <laughs> the way I roll. Perfect. Gladly. Gladly. Yeah, guys, I mean, guys he, in church he, would urge you to drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> he came in and saved the USC program, and he'll come in and save the Rams. I'm in. It'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. He's a I great mean, coach. I'm and, on board with and it. And he's the he type has of that guy. charisma that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's the type of guy that would mm-hmm. that could turn the program around. Right. But I believe that he would need full control of personnel. Now, I don't think that you can do that successfully and also be the head coach, so I think he would have to handpick whomever he would want to be the GM at that time. Makes sense. But uh, if he They'd came in... They'd let him. Yeah, they would let him. Oh, wow. When you paid the premium that you would pay to get a guy like him in, yeah. you would absolutely right. do that. Right. Give him the money, give him a GM, give him a new stadium. Yeah. All right. We're going to listen to this when the Rams hire North Turner next... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crap. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, you know what? In sticking with the firing theme here, we got a little question that we thought it'd be fun to ask. Who would you fire in all of L.A. sports? Jim Buss. We knew that was coming. That is a no-brainer. Yeah. And who would you replace him with? I mean, I suppose he's... Mitch Kupchak. You don't need him. You (laughs) absolutely don't need him. That's true. You really don't. He's, He's a guy that reports to Genie. From the player personnel standpoint, Jeannie is the overarching umbrella owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, when Jim, not Jim, when Jerry was there, he had Jerry and then he had his GM. So it's a level of management that you don't need. 
It's a, it's a decision maker that you don't need to have there. It's another opinion that yep. shouldn't matter. Yep. He needs to be fired and he's not replaced. Love that. That's done actually done. a good one. Mike Sosha. Yeah, I'm going to say Mike Sosha. <laughs> he's, been, he's, been, he's been in the system way too long since 2000. No, over the last few years, you know, things have kind of gone downhill. Right. And, and what uh, do you have to lose? Yeah, what do we have to lose at this point? Right. Who right. would we replace him with at this point? I don't know, but I think his time has come and his time has sailed. I think he needs to get out of there. If I think he needs to just get out of there. I think he needs to replace him with a, a robot. Yeah. Have you guys seen Westworld? <laughs> hey, that AI technology is getting <laughs> oh, yeah. fancy here. Yeah. You know who I Look would get rid of? I have, by the way, and we need to watch. We'll need to talk because I didn't know you were watching that, and that show is phenomenal. All right. Um, I, I would like to see uh, Doc Rivers go. Oh, really? Not as a coach, as the GM, because okay. he's both. And I, and I okay. don't think that that's worked well for the, for the Clippers because he tried to bring back the Celtics, you know, brought, bring them back, the band, you know, back together. I think uh, <laughs> his son needs to go. Yep. Um, and, and I think he, he just has too much power there. So I would, I would, I would fire him as a GM. Who's done that successfully? Yeah, I was just going to say. Because I know Chip Kelly we've brought it was up coach twice, yeah. and GM and he crashed and burned. Yeah. I mean, has that been done successfully anywhere? I don't nope. know. Not that I can think of. Yeah, I'm, I'm th- yeah I can't no. think of anything. Tweet us. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, right. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Hey, Storm and Mormon. I know you're going to do that. Exactly. Look it up and let us know. Hammer, you got one? I got nothing. Yeah. I'm, I think we're good in our, our yeah. uh, coaching yeah. situation in Los Angeles. With the except, well, I, especially now with Fisher gone. I couldn't yeah. think of one either, but you know what? If if uh, we're talking all sports, including sports reporting, I'd fire Petros Papadakis. I oh, I love Petros. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> he is unlistenable. You would rather listen to Vic the Brick? Ooh. Uh, no. If you had to listen to, the, to both of them, who would you choose? Vic the Brick than Be Petros. the bamboo. <laughs> Bam, but do not break. Feeling you, Jeff Feeling you. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, as long as we're talking football, we got to let Ben gloat about his Raiders. Although this week, I don't know if he's gloating. Not so much gloating. What happened? I thought we were going to cancel the segment. No, I came in. I came (laughs) into the the Chiefs game and I said I felt they were the third best team in the AFC. I felt that the Chiefs were a better team. They showed it while they were in Oakland and they showed it again in Kansas City. Now, let me turn now to the playoffs. I think that the next three games for the Raiders are winnable. They've got the Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, and the San San Diego Chargers. So depending on how the other teams in the AFC kind of shuffle, the Raiders may or may not be able to rest some starters going into the playoffs. Now, at this point with the Chiefs winning both games, that means that the Raiders will be a wildcard team unless something tremendous happens. So we will be playing in the first round of the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes, but... If the Raiders can win in the first round and somehow find themselves facing the Chiefs again for a third time this season, it's very difficult for a team to win three times in the same season. So I would put my money on the Raiders because the Raiders have played them tough both times. They were close. Right. There and the in the yeah. last game, it was, a, it was a punt return that was the difference. And so it, it really is just a game of inches. And you think of a 60-minute game that takes four hours to play with over 100 plays and 500 yards of offense and all this kind of stuff. And what it comes down to is a few missed tackles on a punt return right before halftime. So it's anybody's season. I feel as a Raiders fan that it isn't the end of the world. You're sitting at 10 and three. We haven't been 10 and three since 2002. So Raiders fans are still really excited. And, you know, right now it's the Patriots, it's the Chiefs, and it's the Raiders. And on any given Sunday, something can happen, and the hope is that we finish the season in the playoffs in a good position to where we can make a, dry, make a, 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 
uh, what do you call that? A run. A run into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had a couple of beers. Good whiskey tonight, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned punters. Do you have a Kardashian update this week? No, I don't. You haven't heard about this? No, what? Have you guys heard about this? Oh, Eric, if Ben hasn't heard about it, <laughs> gosh, seriously. So, for the record, I've been moving houses and working on stuff, so I haven't paid attention to anything other than a few sports games. Well, aren't you lucky that Eric is here? This is uh, sports-related, Raiders-related. Okay. Rumor has it that the reason why Kanye West went crazy and checked himself into the mental hospital is that Kim Kardashian is reportedly, allegedly cheating on him with the Raiders punter, Marquette King. What? Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the punter. She went after the Why punter. Why a punter? Is he a white guy? That's a big downgrade. No, actually, you know, he's he's a. I'll, I'll do a, a paradox here. He's the great white buffalo. He's a black punter. You don't see that very often. Either. Wow. No. So, you don't. No. Yeah, I, so you didn't know about this? I had no like, idea. Kim Kardashian rumors with a Raider? This says your stink all over it. It really does. I, well, maybe <laughs> that's why the Raiders lost last week. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> We need to end oh. that shit now. <laughs> it's not funny when it's your own team. Uh, it's all that, fun and wow. games so she dates a Raider, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's great. All right. Well, before we get out of here, we, of course, got to talk Galaxy because we got some news. We, One coach is fired and another one is hired. hired. I got a little worried when they announced that they were firing Jeff Fisher and then the LA Galaxy announced they were announcing their head coach. <laughs> oh, 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 so yeah. They're not going to hire Jeff Fisher, football. Yeah. So, uh, Byron Scott. <laughs> Galaxy held a press conference named Kurt Anolfo. Oh, he's, new, he's, a, he's the new the, head coach. Here it is. The assistant manager at Albertos. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not far off. <laughs> so uh, he, he was the head coach of the LA Galaxy 2, which is a reserve team. They're kind of second division team i'm not exactly thrilled about the pick uh you know ever since bruce uh, arena moved on to the national team kurt Arnolfo's name this name kept coming up it kept being thrown around by the media and it just seemed like it was a done deal from the start they announced that they were going to go and interview potential candidates but it doesn't look like they expanded their search very far it looks like they just went down the hallway and hired the reserve coach uh, they said they looked into other mls coaches other international coaches but it, it seems like this may have been a contingency plan that was already in place, just in case Bruce left, that this was already left for Kurt Arnolfo uh, to slide in. What's so, his name? Kurt Arnolfo. And th Is that, that his middle name, too? <laughs> no, that's his name. Kurt. <laughs> first name, Kurt. Last name, Anolfo. Oh, oh, I thought it was his whole first name. Oh, like, <laughs> like, like Ronaldinho? What's his last name? <laughs> yeah. We're not used to a normal name like yeah. Kurt. So just like Ben is saying, we don't really recognize this name, so it's not really a, a sexy pick. Just a little bit of background. He's a former MLS player. He actually was on the original roster for the LA Galaxy in 1996. Former coach for DC United in Kansas City. He was United States national team coach, and he was a Galaxy assistant under Bruce Arena from 2011 to 2014, and and then he took over duties for head coach of the LA Galaxy 2, where he led them to three playoff seasons. And his claim to fame is making a USL final, which is the league that the reserve team plays in. So I'm not sure that that'd be a shining spot on a resume for many other coaches, you know, the average soccer fan probably has no idea who Kurt Anolfo is unless you're in with the Galaxy and you kind of know what's going on. Nobody knew who Phil Jackson was until the Bulls took a chance on him. So. And so, so... Again, I'm not thrilled about it because um, 
maybe just going after a big name to go after a big name, that's not necessarily a good plan either. So maybe developing with within and then having someone who knows the players already and has a relationship with the front office, I can see that being a good thing. But how did that work for the Oregon Ducks? Exactly. But it also seems like the front office may be a little bit arrogant or kind of incestuous here. They keep saying, oh, well, he's a nice guy. He's been with the club. Let's just, you know, give Sounds him a like chance. like the Lakers. Yeah, let's let him, <laughs> you know, it's, it's noble, but this isn't a, a small family-owned business. This is a multi-million dollar sports franchise, and you need to run it like that, and you need to go after the best possible option. Options. I don't know that he was the best possible soccer coach available, right. and I don't know who else you know um, they would be able to get. But this, the LA Galaxy, is the best club in MLS. They've been able to attract David Beckham, Robbie Keane, Steven Gerrard, uh, Kurt Anolfo. Is that a sexy attraction? Is that going to are international players who we need to sign going to say, "Oh, they have Kurt Anolfo managing their team"? Let, let me go there. Bruce Arena at least had some cachet. He had some some notice around the world. People knew who he was. So that was a se- not a selling point, but it didn't hurt the LA Galaxy. And hopefully, this hiring doesn't hurt the. LA Galaxy. And you just look at, around the league, Atlanta United, who's an expansion team, they're going to start out. They went out and they got a former Barcelona coach and Argentina manager, uh, Tata Martino. So that's a guy who. <laughs> that, that's a good name. That's a solid name. Tata. Right there. Oh, so obviously, Tata. that's his the nickname. But oh, he, he's. We, I wonder Tata. what he does on his free time. <laughs> yeah. If we could get Tata and Dong Dong on the show, <laughs> that'd just be great. Tata I knew you guys would like that one. But he's a manager. He's Because he's coached, you know, Lionel Messi. And, and some big national teams, he can attract players to the club. I don't know that Kurt Anolfo is going to attract these big names. So hopefully Los Angeles is the attraction and the club is the attraction and uh, Kurt Anolfo doesn't hurt it. But to end on a positive note, this may still work out because um, I wanted the Galaxy to get younger and you're bringing in a guy who has coached the younger players. A lot of the guys who are on the reserve team the, the idea in the long run is to make these guys develop on the reserve team and then go up to the senior team. So maybe he's going to have these relationships and get these younger players who he coached previously to have success on the senior team. Uh, maybe he wants to make a name for himself. So this feels like the status quo, like they're just hiring you know, Bruce Arena light, but maybe he feels that and he says, well, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try some new tactics, some new styles, and uh, try something different. He may bring an offensive spark. Also, the LA Galaxy, I said, was underwhelming so many times, but the, did you? Yeah, I don't recall. The, the reser- that was on his downswing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reserve team actually led the USL Western Conference in goals scored. They had 52 goals scored this season. So maybe he brings some some offense there. So I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm going to let the results dictate my attitude going forward. We'll so, we'll see if he could prove me wrong, even though I'm not crazy about it at the moment. So I have a question on with the theme of being fired, and yeah. the question of. How long do you give a coach before he gets the hook? Ooh, yeah. This guy now question. comes in. Yes. How long do you give him before you say he's underwhelming and you give him the hook? He a, has a very, very short leash. Bruce Arena, because of the, like I mentioned, the clout that he had and the cachet and the respect that he has, you give him a little more time. Kurt Anolfo, he doesn't have the resume. He, he's coached other teams and he has a losing record overall when he's been the head coach. So if that happens again, and the fans start seeing it and the results aren't happening on the field. We mentioned you're in Los Angeles. They're, they're going to ask for his head. So he's not going to get the one the, season. One, he, I think one season, if he doesn't perform, he's Done. gone because the, 
the galaxy doesn't have time to wait around and develop because the league is growing. I just mentioned there's expansion teams coming in. There's the second team in LA that's going to be coming in a couple years. And you just don't have time to wait and see and let a team develop. You need the results immediately. Two things. Uh, you forgot Jorge Campos on your list of uh, bringing <laughs> players over. Great Mexican goalie. I was a little tiny dude, jumped everywhere. Jorge um, Campos is the man. Goalie and goal scorer. And, and uh, bright, bright yeah. colors. But uh, and number two, um, speaking of, uh, uh, of of the players on the team, how, how do you feel about the uh, them getting the rights to uh, Jermaine Jones? So that's the other big news. Uh, shortly after they announced that they hired a head coach, they acquired the rights to Jermaine Jones. So you may have heard that name before. I mentioned uh, when the Galaxy played Colorado, he was one of the players that came in and made a, a difference. Uh, he's a former national team player. Uh, he played for New England and Colorado. Like I mentioned, he's a great player, has a lot of heart, a lot of fight. But here's the kicker. He's 35 years old. So we've signed another aging star. Wait, didn't you want to get younger? Prime. Exactly. So <laughs> we, hired this, we hired this coach who's coached the reserve team. We want to get younger. We want to get faster. And we bring in a guy who's 35, who's aging, who who had a lot of injuries in Colorado. So I like the signing because I like Jermaine Jones. I think he's a good player. He brings physicality. He brings fight. Brings a toughness. He, he brings a toughness that, that the Galaxy lacked. And this year with Yella Van Dam, he gave them that. So if you have Yella Van Dam and Jermaine Jones, no one is going to come Somebody's down. Somebody's breaking a leg. Yeah, no one's coming down oh, the middle of sorry. the field. Yeah, <laughs> No one's coming down the middle of the field against you. But it goes back to you just – Asked Robbie Keane, he said, we're not going to bring you back because you're 35 and we're worried about injuries and, and your age and we're not going to be able to pay you. So is the Galaxy going to give him a, a designated player spot? Are they going to pay him tons of money? Uh, that would really worry me if that's the direction they're going. If they were to sign him to a lower money deal and use him sparingly, I think he's a good addition. But I, I just it all depends on how they're going to use him and out. what they're going to pay him. But, but I like Jermaine Jones. Does acquiring the rights mean we signed him? <laughs> Is that a soccer thing? It's it's, it's kind of strange in MLS because when te when players get dumped back into the pool, there's a certain teams have an order that they could actually claim certain players on, and so like waiver wire. Yeah, so being able to acquire his rights, they actually technically haven't signed him, so okay. that's why we don't know what they're paying him or what's going to. But they have basically first dibs on offering gotcha. him a contract. Yeah, gotcha. Like they do and that then, in baseball yeah. with, okay. with certain players, like from you know Japan or whatever. Right. The the Dodgers or the Yankees or someone will pay for the rights to sign them. Exactly. But not necessarily have signed them yet. Gotcha. Because what what happens is the Galaxy had to give up a draft pick to get the rights to sign him. So it's not like if if he just went back into free agency, another team would be ahead of them on the on the rankings. So they had to trade with a team. They gave up their pick and they got the rights. So it's gotcha. kind of a a Just making little... sure we're not dealing with some other <laughs> European thing. That, uh... it's, it's a baseball it's thing. It's the only thing that makes soccer sound like a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. That is plenty of sports for this week. We got to get out of here. But before we do, FanDuel, Jordan Heckman ah. from the King Show. Cotton-headed needy muggins. Oh, Darren, <laughs> your guy. hated rival. He took first place with 142 points. Well uh, our own Portuguese hammer took second with 134. I was in third bride. with 131. Yeah, we got more a weeks. couple more weeks of that. So uh, be sure to let us know if you want to play. And don't draft any Rams players. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. Find us on Facebook. Check out the website, guysinshorts.com. And if you'd like to leave a voicemail for us, do that at 562-450-3356. And as always, please 
spread the good word. Share the show with all your sports fans' friends. Review, subscribe. And visit the shop. Buy a yes, shirt. If and you, visit the store. Yeah, if you if you order before December 16th, you will get your Guys in Shorts merchandise before Christmas. Oh, great stuff. So you got, you Stocking got, stuffers. You got to get them while they're hot, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? <laughs> even, even if you miss the 16th, I checked out expedited shipping, and it's actually like Not a so bad. buck or two more. So, Do we make more money if they expedite shipping? We don't. All right, then never mind. Never get in there. Get in there. You know what's even <laughs> better news than that? Done. You know what's even better news than that? The store will still be up after Christmas. Hey, yes, absolutely. So you could use your Christmas money that you get as gifts Ooh. to buy <laughs> now we're guys talking. in shorts merchandise. You want to hear the best news, cylinders. though? The best news is Jeff Fisher is fired. Hey! <laughs> He's still and Portugal won the CONCACAF. <laughs> Oh, from Victor Castello, Darren Besa, Ben Garcia, Eric the Portuguese, Hammer Vieira, I am Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week when hopefully Jeff Fisher's still fired. <laughs> Woo! We're not going to go seven and nine. <laughs> <laughs>